What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chord Chronicles. And if I sound excited, it's a lie. <laughs> I'm excited about music. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing all right out there. I hope the people that are in Texas are getting a little bit of relief, possibly, with the weather warming up. But I'm still without water. <laughs> but that's a minor complaint, you know. How are you this week, Amy? It's been a rough week, and let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I understand that. Let's just say I am looking to move out of Kentucky. <laughs> we'll just say that. But, like I said, um, we're actually here to talk about music, and that's one good thing that we had this week, at least as far as I can say. You know, there was lots, we had a lot of good albums this week. And actually, the first album that we're going to get into is an album that we forgot last week. <laughs> when we had our list, we make our list out, and then we, you know, we assign, like homework, a Jeff's Just Jamming or an Amy's All Alone segment. Well, typically, they Amy's, Amy's All Alone has been ending the week. Well, guys, it was not supposed to last week, but it did. <laughs> Whoops. Oops. So, we're going to go ahead and pick up our own slack. And it's a good thing, too. Because the album that we didn't talk about... Oh, my goodness. Great. <laughs> Spoiler alert there. I, I, don't, I don't care to tell you that. All we have is it came out February of 1971. And it's an artist that I was not familiar with. I am familiar with um, his work. <laughs> and we'll get into that in a minute. But the artist is Baby Huey. Better known, you know, he's better. He's known as Baby Huey. He was James Ramey, was his actual name. And the album is The Baby Huey Story, The Living Legend. And what an accurate title. Honestly, the raw talent this guy had. But this is his only album. And this was his, his you know, his only solo album, I will say that. Because he originally started with a band, and it was um, Baby Huey and the Babysitters, which was kind of funny. And they actually have some stuff, and I plan on going back and checking that out just to hear what the sound is, if it's similar to this. But I was not familiar with, with Baby Huey personally, other than the cartoon character Baby Huey, which is what this made me, when we first, I, this came up in our albums to listen to. That's what I thought originally. Did we get a, a kid's album? Is there something Disney? <laughs> you know, is that what this is going to be? No, this is far from that. No. I thought the same thing, though. No, okay. Baby Huey, like I said, he was, was a vocalist for the group Baby Huey and the Babysitters. Decided to go solo. And released, you know, um, some singles. They released some singles in Chicago in the 60s. And he started recording this debut album, and he was an unhealthy guy. He was over 300 pounds, and he partied. <laughs> you know, he was familiar with the drug scene, very familiar. And, you know, probably lived too hard, in a way. But he did, actually, he died of a heart attack while he was trying to record his debut album. He was 26 at the time. And 
Actually, the producer of this album, co-producer, is Kate Curtis Mayfield. So, they decided to take what he had already recorded and add a couple instrumentals. I believe it's a couple. Maybe three. And release this album posthum- posthumously. I can't hardly say that word. but And it's a good thing they did, honestly. I don't think it was for money. I really think it was to get this art out there to show how talented he really was. From the opening t- like track, Listen to Me, I mean, his his soul presence, I'm not going to say he's James Brown. He, he He's James Brown 2.0. I will say that. You know, or, one, you know, like, the, yeah, I will say James Brown 2.0. Because he can hit the squeal. But it's it's probably, it has more of a leaning toward rock in some ways with soul parts of this album. More than James Brown would would. At first, you know, a lot of your James Brown, like we had before, last year, was strictly pretty much just soul. It didn't have a lot of the rock stuff in it or anything. It was soul. But a lot of this has a little bit of that funk. I say funk. I said rock, but I mean funk, really. It has the guitar and stuff like that. And the interesting thing about this, I said I was familiar with his work, but not not the man himself. Well... (laughs) A lot of, like, Hard Times, one of the songs on this album, very familiar with that because it's been sampled by, like, Ice Cube, A Tribe Called Quest, Ghostface Killer. It was covered by John Legend and Roots in 2010 for an album. Uh, the album was Wake Up, I think, uh, if I remember correct. I, I'm not, I don't have that pulled up right now. But this album, it, like I said, I really liked Listen to Me from the start. It got me up and going. It was a pleasant surprise because he doesn't look like someone that would bring that much energy to the performance because he does. He's a big guy and he he's not really smiling on the album cover. It's just a photo of him. He has that Biggie Smalls vibe. <laughs> the big pop of vibe, you know? But I like those. I, I like um, Mama Get Yourself Together. I really liked his cover of Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. It's it's long. It's very long. But it's personal. I felt like he's really opening himself up and being personal with the listener. And I felt that connection. And it was great. I like I like that song. But I like the original. He he also covered a Curtis Mayfield song. This, you know, Curtis Mayfield's a producer, so and that's Mighty Mighty. I, I was already familiar with that song, just not his cover. And actually, I think another one, like I said, Hard Times, was is, is actually, it's originally a Curtis Mayfield song. But I'm familiar with the, from the samples of this, from this album. I believe, I don't believe that was taken, like, from Ice Cube and those guys, and all those that I listed. I don't believe they were taken, I think it was taken from this album, not from Curtis Mayfield. And... Like this whole album is good. The uh, there's an instrumental of California Dreamin', which is was made famous by the Mamas and the Papas. At least, I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was instrumental <laughs> because I kept going back 
you know, like May. Yeah, it was. Okay. Because I, cause I listened. I was like, that sounds familiar. The music sounds really familiar. Because well, I didn't have the track list up at the time. I was just playing it. <laughs> and, um, but I almost went track by track anyway. I try not to do that. But this album is really good. It, Living Legend is probably an apt title. Because I think this guy could have been big if he just would have survived his own lifestyle but i'm going to turn it over to you because i want to see what you had to say about it well first of all i agree he really is like a funkier james brown like from the first song no it's just it's there really good squeal i appreciate that not too many people can squeal like james brown and baby huey his squeal is not exactly like James Brown's. It's his own, but it's a good one. I have to say, I wasn't a big fan of the normal vocals on Listen to Me. For some reason, they just felt a little flat to me, but otherwise, the music was good, and I did like the rest of the album, so you know, just a little side note there, I guess. Several of these songs were familiar to me. Um, Mighty Mighty and Hard Times were both familiar for obvious reasons, and they're both good. Mama Get Yourself Together felt very familiar to me. I don't know why. I can't see that anybody else recorded it or sampled it, and I think that's one that Baby Huey wrote himself. So, I don't know, it just felt really familiar to me. And, okay, I have to be a little bit honest. I actually went into this biased against the Sam Cooke cover. You know, A Change Is Gonna Come is one of my absolute favorite songs ever. So I didn't think I would like a reworking of that song. But I was wrong. You know, I mean, Sam Cooke is still the master of that song, but Baby Huey really did it justice. You know, it was really good. And while it was updated with you know, the guitar and the baby Huey squeal, it was still faithful to the original soul of the song. You know, he was soulful, he was emotional, he really poured himself into it. That's what you have to do with this kind of music, and especially a song like that. So I was really impressed and I really enjoyed that cover, even though I didn't think I would. Also, you know, I said that, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, hard times. I knew that one, but I think I know, I think I've heard the whole song by Baby Huey. Maybe not. I know the samples too, but the whole thing was really familiar to me, so I think I might have heard that before. And I think I know Mighty Mighty also, but like you, I think I know Curtis Mayfield's version of that one. Well, not just Curtis Mayfield, it was actually The Impressions, which I actually just talked about last week on Off the Record, because their original lead singer was Jerry Butler, who I reviewed. But he wasn't with the band at this time, at the uh, Mighty Mighty time. Yeah, I liked the California Dreamin' cover. It was familiar, but it was just different enough to be unique. They just jazzed it up a little bit. And the only other note that I have on it, the last song on the album, One Dragon, Two Dragon, I think is the title, it had a definite game show vibe to it. 
Like, it sounded like it should be the theme song to the newlywed show or the dating game or something. So, just kind of fun. Yeah, I thought the whole album was just catchy. You can put the whole thing on, just listen to it. There's not a lot of filler. Like, I don't think really there's any I mean, unless you want to call an instrumental track filler. But the instrumentals are good. So, I guess they're the only filler, if I want to call it that. This album, I gave it four and a half stars. So, I don't know. What did you give it? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I went in expecting it to be interesting because I went in knowing that he was influential and that he had been sampled a lot by hip-hop artists. But I was still pleasantly surprised. You know, I gave it four and a half as well. And it is a sad story because I think he would have had a good career ahead of him, and I'm a little bit sad that this is all we get, but I am glad that we got this. It was a good album. Yeah, and it's a good we good way to a good we good we a good way to to start the week. It would have been a good way to end the week last week to give us a good one excellent album. <laughs> but I'm still I'm glad we saved it for this week because it was a good way to get things going. I mean, the energy from the first song alone was enough to to pique my interest. So, but yeah, I strongly urge everyone, if you haven't listened to this album, it's on Spotify, first off. So you can get it. It's it's accessible. It um just give it a listen to. It's Baby Huey, the legend. <laughs> the legend, which is was bold, but uh the living legend. Bold statement, but I think true. When he was alive, he was a presence. But the next album we're going to talk about, I actually had, I don't want to say low expectations, because that's not true. But I had lower expectations than my impression coming out of it. I'm going to say that. We were already familiar with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Obviously, because they're well-known musicians, and we know music anyway. Hmm, humble brag, but um, but no, we did their we reviewed their album Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Great album. Oh, I think it was five stars. I, I believe. I believe I did give it five stars. I don't think you did because you were on a stenchy phase. But uh, <laughs> and honest, the word you were looking for is honest. Honestly, I. Like Stephen Stills on that album better than anyone else. So I and we've already had his solo album. We've already had Neil Young's solo album. So and I thought Stephen Stills would probably be my favorite. Nope, nope. This one is. When I started doing the research, I can see why I liked it. This is basically a super group. With David Crosby, members of Jefferson Airplane, Santana, and the Grateful Dead. <laughs> so they crammed all that into you know that ensemble, and it was given the like that they titled themselves was it the Planet Earth Rock and Roll Orchestra. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there were two singles, uh, "Music Is Love," which I actually didn't like as much as some of the other stuff that's that has a it's a collaboration actually it's with uh nash and young 
and it did it made it to like 95 on the hot 100 so it wasn't that successful but and the other song actually was orleans i wasn't familiar with either one of them and honestly i mean i'm familiar with david crosby but sitting down and just firsthand instantly knowing what his work i I wasn't you know but as we have a big truck driving by i'm sure that picked up um like i said i didn't think that i was gonna i thought i would like this but i didn't think i would love it and i've put it on about three or four times now you know typically if i really like or really hate an album i'll try to give it at least three four you know maybe more if i have time and we've had time (laughs) snowed in and all but i like almost all of this album i really liked cowboy movie and I, i was vaguely familiar with that one that one did sound a little bit familiar to me uh was it uh I, tam was it tamal tamil pie hi <laughs> at about three tamal pies or something yeah i don't know how you pronounce that guys if anyone else at, at cord chronicles on instagram let me know it's t-a-m-a-l-p-a-i-s tamal pie high school or tamal high at about three it's a drug song <laughs> but it's um it's i thought it was pretty catchy honestly and it was just a pleasant listen throughout it i mean music is love features like i said before graham nash and um who was it now neil young so already that one has had that vibe like maybe they recorded it for deja vu and it, it just didn't make it onto that album but like i said i thought it did sound a little bit lacking in a way I mentioned briefly the personnel, the groups at least. I'm just going to run through the list real quick. See how impressive. Obviously, you have Dave Crosby. I'm not going to even say what they did. It's just too big, the list. Just David Crosby, Graham Nash, Jerry Garcia, Neil Young, Jorma. <laughs> that one I don't know. Jorma Kolkinen, but Greg Roll, Phil Lesh, Jackie Cassidy, Bill Kreutzman. Michael Shreve, Mickey Hart, Joni Mitchell, David Freiberg, Paul Kantner, which you're a fan of, and Grace Slick. So, huge list. What I'm getting at is talent. And you I mean you can hear the talent displayed throughout this album. I will say that. I really liked it. Um but I'm interested to hear what you thought about it. So, what did you think about it? This is a situation where our differences come into play, because for me, it just, it really fell kind of flat. I, it's, I didn't hate it. You know, I don't want you to think that I thought it was bad, but I didn't really like it either. I don't have a lot to say, but the, the first track, Music is Love, you know, it was a little too loud and jarring for me. And let me let me first mention I did not listen to this on Spotify. I listened to it on YouTube Music. So it might have been a slightly different mix than what you listen to. But on that one, I thought it was a sitar when I was listening. That's just what it sounded like. 
but afterwards, looking at the personnel list, I think it was probably auto harp. But yeah, it just seemed a little too loud and jangly and jarring. So I didn't care for that one. But I did have to say I recognize Neil Young's voice in the background vocals <laughs> on that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he has a distinctive voice. I did think that there was good rock guitar on Cowboy Movie. And the song Laughing, I thought, was reminiscent of two different things. And it's kind of odd, but the vocals reminded me of a Neil Young song. Just Neil Young's style. But the guitar was reminiscent of Pink Floyd for me. So that was a good thing. I love Pink Floyd's guitar. And yeah, there were definitely hints of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young on some songs. Not surprising. You know, it is David Crosby. And he did write several songs you know, for the, the supergroup anyway. The last two tracks, Orleans and... Or maybe it's Orleans, I don't know. But And I can't remember what the last one was titled. Oh, I'd swear there was somebody here. I didn't care for either of those. They both sounded just a little bit off and a little bit discordant to me, so it was kind of uncomfortable to listen to them. But that's just me. You know. I hear things differently sometimes. But I Voices. Just... <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> no, it just wasn't my favorite. That's all. Well, I'll tell you what. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. I knew I would like it, but I actually love it. Like for this, I like this one more than I like Deja Vu, I think. Maybe not, but it's there. It's right there with it. And I definitely like it better than Neil Young's. And I definitely like it better than Stephen Steele's debut album. For me, I don't give them out that often. I gave this one five stars. Because other than... Music is love. I didn't like the production on it, but more than anything, it was because they chose to do. I can't remember what that style of vocal is when you start singing. Like we used to do it in elementary class. It's when row, row, row your boat, and then someone else will start singing a little bit after oh. rounds. Around, yeah, yeah, rounds. They're doing that in that song, and that always irritated the absolute crap out of me when we did it. I never liked it, and I don't like it in this song either. So I believe that that they're doing that a little bit, and it that's why that one's off for me but other than that like i really liked the get you said the guitar in in cowboy movie and that yeah that one's awesome like that one pulled me in and i listened to it on spotify and just on youtube like spotify was in earphones and youtube would have been in the room playing it so i may not have noticed as much on youtube so maybe it's a in the in the room album it just had a nice... I put the album on it. I could just listen to the whole thing. It was just a good... And I gave it five stars. I gave it five. So, what did you give it? Stingy? I, no, I'm not stingy. It's just... <laughs> I didn't care for this one. And honestly, I was disappointed. Because I really wanted to like it. I love Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I love The Birds. And he was in The Birds. Or at least he barked with him. I can't remember for sure if he was actually in. It's been a rough week. But it just... Nothing really stood out to me as great. 
for the most part, I was bored listening to this one, and there were times that I didn't like how it sounded. For, so for me, it's only three stars. But that still gives it four stars, because we averaged them together, ladies and gentlemen. So I at least got it to four stars. But you know what? It looks like we're going to have to take a quick break, because we have a Jeff's just jamming and an Amy's All Alone coming up. But that doesn't end the week like it normally would. And we didn't forget this time. We didn't miss anything. <laughs> we have a couple more albums after that. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, Jeff's just jamming. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Jeff's Just Jammin'. You know, last week was a little bit of a letdown. I'm not a huge fan of improv jazz, improvisational jazz. I had Church of Anthrax. It was John Cale and Terry Riley. I really thought that was going to be a lot better than it was. But three and a half stars. I still recommend if you're a fan of like that freeform jazz and stuff like that, do check it out. Because I'm a fan of John Cale, I just wasn't a fan of that album as much as maybe his other stuff. Well, this week, I'm going to get to listen to, or I have listened to, a band that I'm already familiar with because of a friend of mine, Rick Morgan, who right now is on hiatus. I'm not going to say he's retired from podcasting. He says he is, but I don't believe so. <laughs> he was with the Hell Mean Power Hour and... You Know What's Awesome, and many more. Short Bus Cinema, um, I can't remember. He's had so many. He's a member of a band, so he's busy, and he has personal things. So I understand. It can get hectic sometimes, and you feel like you're letting your audience down, like I have with you guys before, if you don't get your content out when you wanted it to, or you feel rushed. So... I understand, but I don't think it's the last we've seen of Mr. Morgan. And I was hoping to get him on here for this because he's a huge fan of Cactus. But we just couldn't align our schedules. But right now, I'm snowed in, guys. So I'm decided... I'm decided, listen to me. I've decided, or I'm deciding right now, that I'm going to go through a few of the Jeff Just Jammings and just see what I can, what I can get into. Well... Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Cactus. They are a super group. Sound like I'm going through puberty there. Super group. Voice cracking. I blame the snow. <laughs> but actually, they're a super group composed of Carmen, Apice, Apiche, Apiche. I don't know exactly how you pronounce his last name, and I don't want to butcher it. Amazing. An amazing drummer. But there was him. And Tim Boggart from Vanilla Fudge. And actually, a side note on Tim Boggart. He actually passed away like a month ago. It was like January 13th of this year. So rest in peace to Tim Boggart. Because amazing talent on the bass guitar. From what I've heard with Vanilla Fudge and with Cactus. 
especially with Cactus. But we also have Jim McCarty on guitar, and then Rusty Day on lead vocals, and he plays harmonica some. He was with the Amboy Dukes, so another band I'm familiar with from this time period. But this album, actually, that I'm getting ready to talk about, I've already reviewed Cactus's debut album, Cactus, self-titled. Great album. As you hear somebody going through, revving that that motor up, having fun in the ice. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But, like I said, Cactus, debut album Cactus, self-titled, I loved it. It just is the epitome of just, I'm going to use my expletive, badass blues rock and the guitar work in it is so fun. But, (laughs) there he goes again. Oh, come pick me up, fella. (laughs) But, I don't want to be distracted. This album actually came out February 24th of 1971. And it's Cactus, one way or another. Well, like I said, their first album was great. So, going into this, I already knew what to expect in a way. As long as they kept the formula for the most part that they did from the previous album and I wasn't disappointed let me just say that this album has several original songs Uh, there's two songs that are covers there's Little Richard's Long Tall Sally which actually starts the album and I think it's a really good way to get things going their version is good really good so I strongly you know recommend you check it out I'd say, I don't want to say it's as good as like Elvis or whatever. It's different. It's a different style. It's almost more like the Little Richard. They just added all their talent. (laughs) All their various talents to it. And just made it great. But they also do Chuck Willis's I Feel So Bad. And actually, their first album had Feel So Good on it. Which was kind of funny. So, I don't know... um, I don't know if they, they, maybe they were just a huge fan of Chuck Willis. I mean, why not? He's great. But, like I said before, their first album, just amazing, just fun. If you're a fan of blues rock, definitely don't sleep on it. It came out in 1970. So we reviewed it last year. So, like I said, and I keep saying that. (laughs) It's been one of those days, guys. All these songs have Carmen Apiche, Apice, Tim Boggart, Jim McCarty, and Rusty Day. And when these guys combine, something magical happens. Like I said, their cover Long Tall Sally, just amazing. Great way to start the album. The way they end the album, one way or another, I'd say it's the epitome of like the early 70s rock. Like, the vocals are almost like Nazareth or Foghat. So, I I would say that. I can really hear that. Um, There is some more traditional blues rock in this. I'd say Big Mama Boogie, parts one and two. That's like the fourth track on the album. Great. If you're a fan of blues rock, you're going to love this whole album anyway. I don't really know what to say other than... I feel like the songs may be a little weaker than the first album, but 
I don't know. I might have enjoyed this one better than the first. Or as well, you know, maybe on par that I did with the first. I definitely wasn't disappointed. And I want to say their album, Cactus, self-titled, was four stars for me. Maybe, maybe I made it four. No, I think it was four and a half. So, listen to me. I should have already known, guys. So unprepared. <laughs> but what's important is this album. Someone just messaged me. I guess uh, they're going to tell me what my stars were. <laughs> this one, I would say four stars. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, the other one was four and a half. This one's four. Still really strong album. So if you get any time today, I strongly recommend you pull up this album. It's on Spotify. And give it a listen because I don't think you're going to be disappointed. It's... 41 and a half minutes of just blues rock and done the right way so i'm really excited because i've heard their next album restrictions there being cactus also came out in 1971 and it's on par from what i can tell with this album so i'm really excited to see what else cactus has in store it, um, if you haven't listened to their debut be sure to check that one out. Maybe, I might even recommend that one before this one. I mean, I believe there is a double CD where they've packaged both and you can listen to, you know, both albums, one right after the other or whatever. If you can get that, go ahead. It's that good. Well, like I said, Cactus, one way or another, four stars. So, be sure to check it out. You know, I've rambled on long enough. My unprepared self and all. <laughs> but next week, it looks like I'm going to have a band that I've already listened to. I'm familiar with really them more because Grand Funk Railroad covers their songs. They covered Liar, and I'm talking about Argent, the band. They covered Liar already. And I believe there's a song from this album that I'm getting ready to listen to next week, Ring of Hands, that they cover as well. So I'm kind of inter interested in hearing if it's that same style, because I didn't care for Liar. Or is it something else? But like I said, I'm looking at the clock, and it's getting late, and I've rambled on long enough, guys. Because I have lots and lots of music to listen to. Because you know what? The music never stops. And neither do I. Have a good day, guys. Hey everybody, it's Amy again. 
And as always, I am all alone for this segment. <sighs> so lonely. Oh well. That's okay, because I don't think that my brother would really be interested in the album that I'm about to talk about anyway. It's just not really his thing. Although it's not as bad as some that we have listened to. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. My album for AAA this week is by Miles Davis, and it's Jack Johnson, also known as a tribute to Jack Johnson. And it's, it's a little bit different. First of all, it is about the boxer, Jack Johnson. And it's a studio album, but it's also a soundtrack. But not for like a big feature film. It was composed as a soundtrack for a documentary about Jack Johnson. It's, it is jazz. And it's a little more typical jazz. I'm going to call it, than the previous Miles Davis album that we had listened to. This one just sounded more like what I expected. It wasn't as out there, I guess. It's, it's still fusion. It's jazz rock. You know, that's what Miles Davis is known for. And that's what this is. But it's just not as... I hate to use the word weird, but that's what I have to say. It's not as weird. Having said that, though, if you decide to listen to this, be prepared. It is somewhat of a commitment. This album is about 52 and a half minutes long. So it's a long one. Not only that, it only has two tracks. Each side is one long track each lasting more than 25 minutes. So, you need to have some time set aside if you're going to listen to this. It was too long for me, I'll say that. <laughs> it wasn't bad. There's nothing bad about it. It was actually enjoyable jazz. But, 25 minutes or longer is a long time to sit and listen to one piece of music without a break. Although there were sections where it would get quieter, it wasn't quite a break and I still had to listen hard to make sure I didn't miss anything. So, you know, it was a lot. I do think I liked the first track. I think it was called Right Off. That's side A. I think I liked it a little bit better than Side B, which is called Yesternow. They both had good aspects. They were both also too long. And some parts of it were boring, but what do you expect from a song that is 25 or 26 minutes long? Um, they do both have... Um, some connections to rock music, I guess I could say it that way. Like, the first song, Right Off, has a riff that is based on Sing a Simple Song by Sly and the Family Stone. So, there's that rock connection. And Yesternow, you know, the bass line in that one is a slightly modified version of a James Brown song. 
say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And that is very intentional. It was meant to have that black power sort of feel to it. Just according to what I read. Obviously, I wasn't there. I don't know. But that's what I read is that was intentional that they chose that song. So obviously that bass line is good. And I did like the riff from right off. That's probably the part that really grabbed me. Aside from that, like I said, it's not bad, but it did get a little boring. It went on just too long. That was the problem. That's just too long to hold my attention without it changing. Like, significant changes. So, it's not that it's jazz, because not all jazz is that long. Some of it is. Miles Davis does tend to do long songs, so I guess he's not really my favorite. But I like what he does, in general, just not for that amount of time. And I also wanted to mention the lineups on these songs did include some other very well-known artists. Um, Herbie Hancock played on these songs, he's a keyboardist. And another one, Chick Corea who actually just died recently. He was on this, and I do enjoy both of them. I think they're very talented, and I think Miles Davis is talented too, don't get me wrong. You know, I just need to listen to him in small bits. But they're all very good at what they do, so you know this is going to sound good. It does. But because it was so long, and it kind of lost me. I'm gonna have to call this one... It's a little hard to, to apply a score to this, but I guess I'll call it 3.5. Because it did sound good, and there were definitely parts that I really enjoyed. But... I'm definitely not going to go back and listen to either of these again. I'm not going to spend half an hour of my time listening to one of these. If I were to listen to it again, I honestly would probably skip through parts of it. But there are parts that I would like to hear again. So make of that what you will. And with that, I guess that's all I have to say about Miles Davis. Your mileage may vary if you are a big... Excuse me. If you are a big Miles Davis fan, then definitely give this one a try, because the music is good. Alright guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back together to talk about a couple more albums. Stay with us. And we're back. And that Cactus album, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, great. I mean, their debut album, Cactus, was amazing as well. And this one, one way or another, I strongly urge you to check it out, especially if you're a fan of blues rock. 
because it just absolutely melts. It is good, but I don't know about the Miles Davis. I didn't get a chance to check it out, and I haven't heard your thoughts on that one, so I'm anxious to go back and listen. But I did notice both tracks are extremely long, so I don't know if I'm going to have an enjoyable experience, but we'll see. But the next album that we're getting ready to talk about is an artist that we were already familiar with. She's a Canadian artist. We reviewed an album of hers last year. I believe it was the album Snowbird. I believe it was the album titled The Song that she's known for. And the artist I'm talking about is Anne Murray. Country artist, I believe, is what she's titled. But sometimes. But it's not when I think country, I think twang. Like going out, drinking, you know, something like that. <laughs> you know, where we're where from. <laughs> So, this is country, almost like California country. This one's titled. Canadian country. Yeah, this is Canadian country, eh? Going out drinking, eh? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go there with it. So, but this album came out February 26th. We actually have a date. And it's Anne Murray. Straight, clean, and simple. Already, I hate it. (laughs) I am straight. I'm not clean right now, guys. Like I said, my water's off. And I am anything but simple. He's never been simple. He's difficult. <laughs> exactly. But, like I said, I'm a fan of Anne Murray. I really like her. I like her voice. And Snowbird, I really liked. So I was anxious to get into it. And this is her fourth studio album. And... It has a lot of covers. I can just go ahead. A lot of, I mean, we like we always, we seem to always say that. But this album was really heavy. I don't remember the last album that she had being that strong, full of covers. Because this has stuff by Gordon Lightfoot, Burke Bacharach, Hal David, Kenny Rogers, and Ken Vassy. But, I mean, it did make it to number four in Canada. Uh, like, the next month after that. So, it was a wildly successful album, at least, well, you know, in her home country. Maybe not as much in the U.S. or worldwide as Snowbird. But, this this album, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's not as good as Snowbird, at least in my opinion. And that's what we're doing, is talking about my opinion. <laughs> but, it just seemed to... It didn't seem to have the energy that the last album did, or the originality. And I think that's where I, I it burned, burned me a little bit, and I just didn't enjoy it as much, because there's just too many covers on it, I think. I mean, there's a Carole King song on here as well, I didn't mention that, but I mean, there is, and we just got done with Carole King, <laughs> and Carole King did it better. I'm going to say that. The, the song is Child of Mine. But I don't know. I've not had a great week mentally. Like I said, I've had, we've had no water and everything's been frozen. And it's, I mean, you know, I don't want to get on here and whine because people in Texas have had it way worse. People are freezing to death there. So I don't want, you know, my first world problem here or whatever. But um, it's been a rough week. And this album wasn't exciting. It was kind of a downer. (laughs) So it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. But I don't really have much more that I can say about it other than 
I mean, there there were a couple singles, so it was mildly successful. Sing high, sing low, and it takes time with the two singles. But just it didn't really stand out to me, and I liked Snowbird a lot better. But you know, what did you think about it? I actually enjoyed this one. Um, of course, it is probably more my style of music than yours, whereas you know, Prague is more your style than mine, although I like some of it. I would say it's the opposite for country. But I thought that there were several songs on here that were catchy. I thought One Day I Walk was catchy, and Sycamore Slick I thought was really fun. And I really liked her cover of I'll Never Fall in Love Again. That was probably my favorite off of this album. No. I didn't think that either of the singles were particularly strong. So I do feel like they could have chosen better singles. But I do really like her voice. I think she has a really rich, full, pretty voice. So... I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, except that I thought for the most part it was catchy, and I actually did enjoy it quite a bit. Well, I didn't hate it, like I said. I just, I think I like Snowbird a lot better. If I were to recommend Anne Murray, I would say check that album, maybe before you check this one out. And this album, actually, if you, if you find the American release, it's just titled Anne Murray. So it's not straight, clean, and simple. It's just Anne Murray. I didn't. I just noticed that. I didn't mention it. This one, it's like I said, it's okay, and the production's fine. So once again, like I always give it the half star for production. But other than that, I was just kind of it's it's an album. So for me, it's three and a half stars. But what did you give it? I gave it a little more than you, which is fine. Um, I thought she sounded good. And there were several songs that I enjoyed, plus I really did like that cover of I'll Never Fall in Love Again, and I will listen to that one again. So for me, it is four stars. And we're probably going to have Puppy Dog clicking his little toes here in a minute, or he's going to bark or something because Mama's home. (laughs) And we have one more album to talk about, and we will definitely not leave this one off because this one is really exciting. An artist that we're both really familiar with at... Um, well, everyone should be familiar with this band, this group. And the band is Earth, Wind, and Fire. The album is just simply titled Earth, Wind, and Fire. And it's their, you know, studio debut, I guess is what you would call it. It's their, because I think they had some live stuff, maybe not official. I went back, I went back and looked and I found something that came out before this, but it's not, it's not really an album. It was just some like, other stuff. <laughs> That's all I can say. Because I, 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 I don't remember exactly any of the titles or anything. Just I wanted to get some more information on them. Because I know Earth, Wind, and Fire. But I wasn't from that familiar with them. But this one made it to number 24 on the Soul charts. I thought it actually made it further. But I'm thinking probably of their work that comes a little later. But it's just, once again... It's one of those albums that is heavily influential in hip-hop. We already had Baby Huey, who was sampled by quite a few different artists. The big, most well-known, I would say, but not big in size. I mean, muscles. Ooh. <laughs> but the artist that I know is LL Cool J. 
And um, the song was Moment of Truth, but the the song that uh, that, that he covered, the song that LL Cool J puts it on is, is Murder Gram. And um, I think Kid and Play, I think, co- covered Moment of Truth, or sampled it, I mean. Uh, Jungle Brothers, um, I'm forgetting someone else, Brand Nubian, I believe. There's a huge list. I just don't have the list in front of me right now. But this album has been really, it's been sampled quite a bit, but it's been sampled in hip-hop. And um, Isaac Hayes actually called Earth, Wind and Fire, this album, one of the band's five essential recordings. So, I mean, Isaac Hayes, pretty <laughs> pretty successful musician. He probably has, a, a you know, an idea. I'm not going to say he's, he's the expert, but, I mean, he was. But I agree. I, I From what I can tell, this one is a strong album start to finish. It's not five stars. I'm going to say that. And I mentioned Moment of Truth before, and I don't know. I I don't want to point out individual songs. I, I think this is an album that you put on. I put it on YouTube. It's I don't know. It's probably on. I'm sure it's on Spotify as well. But I just put it on in the room, and it just has that good vibe and good energy. It, it just is a happy, full of energy album for the most part. And it just made me feel good. It was necessary after the Anne Murray, but because I like Anne Murray, but it was kind of brought you down. It was good when to to come back up with this. So if you're maybe having a like struggling a little bit, something like this is good to put on because I think it does it. It like the the soulfulness of it and the energy that they put in really like raised my energy level itself too. But and I'm getting harassed by a puppy dog here. It sounds like my wild words are, are halting. But I'm gonna turn it over to you and see what you think about it. But I, you know, I don't. I just recommend everyone just listen to the whole album. And if that sounds like a cop out, it's not. It's that good. But and I did. I think I didn't mention there was one single. It's uh, "Love Is Life." But um, I'm gonna turn it over to you. What do you think about it? I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I do agree. It is an energetic, cheerful album. I agree. They clearly were having fun doing this. And it's nice and funky. It's obviously different from Earth, Wind, and Fire's later stuff. You know, disco wasn't a thing yet. So their their later stuff is a little bit different than this. And actually, at this time, they had a female singer on this album. Um, I actually kept forgetting who I was listening to, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Fifth Dimension. Because there were some similarities Especially with there being a female singer on it. So, oh, oh, this is way better than the Fifth Dimension album we had last week or week before, two I, weeks ago. I kept getting confused. I thought that they were pretty similar. I didn't like it quite as much as you. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it sounded fine, but nothing really stood out to me from it. So I didn't make a whole lot of notes about the individual songs either, except oh, just a unrelated but kind of fun side note i noticed they used a lot of alliteration in their titles like love is life and fan the fire and the only other note that i really have is about the album cover it kind of looks like a van gogh painting it was the same style as his self-portrait so but that's really all i have to say about it i just don't have a lot well it wasn't five stars i'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there they might have five star album in them I hear the talent and the promise. And 
like I so rudely interrupted, this album is way better than the Fifth Dimension album that we had a couple weeks ago, at least in my opinion. For me, this is four and a half stars. But what'd you give it? I don't remember what I gave the Fifth Dimension, so I can't say how this compares in terms of star ratings. But for me, it it wasn't exactly boring, but it wasn't particularly catchy to me either, and nothing really stood out. But it's fine, and they clearly had fun with it, and I appreciate that. And it was it was a little bit of fun, but still not quite there for me. So for me, it was three and a half. Well, last, well, I mean, I said last, but the fifth dimension was three stars from us. So combined. So there you go. (laughs) But I do recommend everyone check out Earth, Wind, and Fire's debut as well as their other work because you're definitely not going to be disappointed. It's, It's just, they bring a lot of energy. But it looks like that is actually our last album of the week. But it's been a lot longer week this week we've talked about more albums than we've had in a while and that's not just because we had baby huey but i am going to run through real quick what's coming up next week just to let everyone know if in case you are listening along we are we're going to have oh the first album we're going to have is soft machine the album is fourth and if you heard my sigh don't you might not want to even bother with that one (laughs) just let us do that one but <laughs> we have The Rascals, Search and Nearness. I'm excited for that one because I do like The Rascals. We're going to have Elton John, Friends. Mm. I already know about this one. I've done a little bit of research. And this one's going to be delicate. Don't look for the movie. This is a soundtrack, I will say that. And I don't know how I feel about this sound, about supporting an album for this movie. But I, I've, we'll talk about that next week, Cliffhanger. But finally we'll both have Jimi hendrix the cry of love i already know that album i'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there i'm a huge Jimi hendrix fan i had the greatest hits album when i was a kid that's like like the uh record or something you know so i think it was a cassette an actual cassette maybe even an eight track or two but yeah i'm a, I'm a huge Jimi hendrix fan and then finally our two segments i'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there you're gonna have what waylon jennings the Taker, Tulsa, that one. Yeah. I'm interested in that one. I'm going to try to check that one out because Waylon Jennings, special place in our heart, you know, miss you, dad. But Argent is going to be the album that I'm talking about, Ring of Hands for Jeff's Just Jamming. That one, I'm already familiar with Argent. Excited to hear it to see if it's better than the album that we already had by them. Or I think we, maybe I. I know I definitely had it. And they're covered they had a song covered by Three Dog Night on that album, which is Liar. Which was Argent. I think the the album was Argent. Wasn't great. Not not my favorite. But they have a they um they have a song from this album that was covered by you guessed it, Three Dog Night. But I've said too much. But it looks like that's what we're gonna have next week, guys. So Give us a shout out on Instagram. You can reach us at Chord Chronicles. Would say you could reach us on Facebook, but I'm getting ready to not be using much of that. And yeah, I know Facebook owns Instagram. Whatever. But uh, I'm not going to get into that rant right now. I'm going to save that for off the record. Because it's going to be filled with expletives. 
<laughs> we don't do that here. But, but we will still have a presence on Facebook, so if that's what you use, then you know, go ahead and contact us there as well. Don't use Facebook. I'm going to say that. They sell your information. So try to give them as Who doesn't? Try to give them as little information as possible. They don't deserve it. But I think I'm going to go ahead and end this week like we do every week. I hope everyone has a nice, music-filled, safe week. Just be careful out there, guys. Be safe. Be kind. And if you see someone that needs assistance or help, just lend a hand. Because, you know, that's what we need right now, is to come together. <laughs> Great song. Good motto for life. And you can reach me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna have, go ahead and end this this week guys but just have a good week be safe